My name is Kiana, and I am a young adult in the Church of the Brethren, currently located uh, in Washington State. Thank you again for tuning in, and if it's your first time with us, the Dunker Punks podcast is here to share with you the stories of young voices, with no age limit of course, who are living out the Brethren way of service and peace. This week we have two stars among us, Ben Bear and Donna Parcell. When I heard Donna's voice, I had to look her up on Facebook just because it felt like I must have met this Kid Red Spirit before. I don't think I have, but Donna's voice feels so familiar to me because it's the embodiment of what the churches I've experienced sound like. So here are Donna and Ben to give you the making of a Dunker Punk.
for another round, and I have a brother in rock star with me. Uh, this is who? Wait, who are you? I don't think I'm a rock star, but I'm Donna Parcell. Okay, uh, and so Donna, there is something. Where do you live? What do you do? What keeps your days busy? I live in Southerton, Pennsylvania. Okay. I go to Indian Creek Church of the Brethren. I was born there, born and raised there. I used to be a research scientist. Now I'm a grandma, and I'm a photographer, and I make peanut butter. And that keeps my days busy. I love gardening. I love being outside, hiking, camping, that kind of stuff. Cool. Yeah. I didn't know that a promotion from research scientist was grandma. I th yes. I, I didn't realize that was a natural trajectory. <laughs> I was full-time grandma for a couple years. They moved in with me, and I got to be day-to-day -day grandma to my grandkids. That was awesome. So for those of y'all, since you can't see what's going on here, we're at Donna's house. And I went to the restroom when I got here, and she has a picture of her grandkids in the restroom. Their mm -hmm. faces are sticking out of the... I'm guessing it used to be the seat of an outhouse. Yes, you're correct. <laughs> so it was um, a two-seater. Yeah, so there's two. Yeah, spaces. Uh huh. Uh, so it is quite lovely, and <laughs> you should all now visit Donna Parcell in Southern Pennsylvania. So, but Donna, there is a particular something that stands out about you. What is that? Well, I've become known for always wearing pink. Yeah, like. Always. Like always. There's one day of the year that I don't wear pink. What day is that? That is rec day for work camps because we have to wear our work camp t-shirts. Okay. <laughs> All right. And there was one time when the person in charge of work camps specially made me a pink work camp t-shirt. Jean Davies did that. Oh. But that was the only time. So I, I suck it up and wear a different color one day a year. And so I, I will say, again, y'all can't see the house, but she takes this pink thing seriously. I mean, there are pink curtains. There are pink trinkets in the kitchen. The crock pot is pink. The tea kettle is pink. The curtains are pink. The pillows are pink. I mean, and Donna is pink. Her, her glasses are pink. Like, this is not even optional. Chaka is pink. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. and, and so why pink? Well, it started, it actually um, started back when my youngest daughter, Sarah, was about 10, and she was on a travel softball team and wore pink to one of her practices, and her coach dubbed her Pinky. And when somebody singles you out like that, you can either be annoyed by it or you can just go with it, and we chose to just go with it. And so it became a thing to try to find, like, pink cleats, a pink bat, and then I became known as Pinky's mom or Mama Pink, and so I just went with it. I was, I would, bless her heart, I would show up in all pink gear to her games. And then I realized I really liked pink. And so when I would buy something new, I would buy the pink one. And before I knew it, my entire closet was pink, and now there's no going back. There's too much vested. <laughs> so so you didn't know you liked pink? How do you not know what color you like? <laughs> when I was like in high school, I didn't because I was very athletic and it was like a girly color. And then once I just became more secure in myself, I realized I really do like pink. And now it's very handy when people, like, people, when they see something pink, they'll either send me a picture and say, thinking of you, and or, or they'll buy it for me, or if I leave something behind, 
people know it's mine. <laughs> yeah. It's very beneficial. It's very beneficial, yeah. Uh, that reminds me of a podcast that Dylan Del Haro did probably maybe in the first year so that we were doing the podcast, mm -hmm. and he talks about gender normative things and how when he was a boy, he liked the color purple, mm -hmm. but he was told that boys didn't like purple. Boys like greens and blues and, mm -hmm. and yellows and that sort of thing, but boys didn't like purple. And, um, and so that kind of harkens back to that in my head. Yeah, That's yeah. what makes me think of. Now, you've taken this pink show on the road, too. You don't just yes. stay in Souderton. No. <laughs> so what are some of the things that you have done that have not been here in your local congregation hometown area? Okay. Well, um, you're right. I've been, I love to travel. That's one of the things I also like to do that I didn't mention before. And I've been very blessed. I've, I've been very involved with the work camp program, and I've gone to maybe 20 work camps, led, led a bunch, went with my youth on a bunch. So I've traveled all throughout the United States um, on my own, plus via the work camp. Uh, opportunities, but then internationally, I um, ha have been to Uganda, South Sudan, Rwanda, Burundi, Myanmar, a lot of those with new community projects, and then I've been to Nigeria four times. I was one of the first volunteers to go after Boko Haram, and so those were all incredible, life-changing experiences, but um, Speaking of the pink thing, when I went, the first international trip I did was to South Sudan with David Radcliffe, and he said, you know, uh, a lot of these people have never seen white people, so we're going to try to be un unobtrusive. And then he looks at me and he's like, you're going to be the unobtrusive poster child. <laughs> Because there's no way you can't hide it. You're yeah. not gonna be hidden. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you just go with it sometimes. Is there someone that you can attribute this? I'm just gonna roll with it and go with it mentality that you seem to have embraced so so widely. Uh, not really. I've just learned throughout life. Like I said, you can either you know fight it or just roll with it, and. Um, it has, it has opened up, unintentionally on my part, it's opened up a lot of opportunities to talk to people. And you have to, like, I have to realize that I always have to have my best foot forward because people are going to remember because I'm the pink lady. And, like, I had a, an instance um, at the local grocery store that I was checking out, and the cashier said, you know, I don't even like pink, but you're such a nice lady, and I love seeing you come in, and you make me like pink. And it's, you know, and, and then conversations open, and I can start sharing my faith and things like that. So being a little weird sometimes <laughs> helps open some doors to conversations that might not have happened. That yeah. makes me think of how Brethren used to dress in a conspicuously plain style, and it right. was to set them apart from the world, quote unquote, mm -hmm. the world. And you are doing, you're, you're that person. <laughs> you're the old Brethren made new. <laughs> so I don't know if they would feel that way. But yeah, um, so that's, that's kind of a, a fun connection. And so when you go on your travels, do you, mm -hmm. are they solo ventures? I mean, you said you've gone with New Community Project, which is a group endeavor. Mm -hmm. But when you've gone on non-New Community Project trips, have they 
been just you going out and you've made a connection and you go or what's I've done the rest of my traveling I've done with Sarah my daughter she's made a lot of connections in her young life and has allowed me to tag along and Sarah is pinky yes Sarah is, is pinky not anymore okay. <laughs> but she um, she's had a lot of connections throughout the world and has invited me to share in that so we've served together in various locations and yeah and it just carries through there so when, how did she fit that in with schooling? Did she go to college right out of high school? No, or? she took two years off and did two years worth of missions. And she worked with, um, she did a discipleship training class through Youth with a Mission and then went to Kenya with them. And then when she was finished with that, then she went to Cambodia and England and uh, India and South Sudan on her own. And, um, just witness to the people there. One, one of the funny stories when she and I were serving in South Sudan together, we were teaching um, children in an IDP camp. IDP is internally displaced persons, a refugee within your country instead of outside. And we had a group of probably 10 children who hadn't been to school for a couple years because of the Civil War there. And she was teaching them the English name for colors. And so she had these, you know, cards with the word on. Yeah, you know where I'm going. <laughs> and she's like, you're green, and she's pointing to a tree, and yellow the sun, and blue the sky, and brown the dirt. And she's, you know, and then she comes to the card that says pink, and she just went pink, and they all looked at me and laughed. And it's like, see, I have a purpose here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Uh, now, the thinking about the world that, we live in, mm -hmm. a lot of moms would not be excited to send their 18-year-old daughter, or their just out of mm -hmm. high school daughter, out into the world to maybe not the, the prettiest and tidiest parts of mm -hmm. humanity. What makes it, how did you reconcile with that? What made it okay in you, for you? It's not as easy as people think. And I've had um, people in my youth group say, you know, I want to go here. And I said to my mom, well, Miss Donna would let Sarah go. And my answer is it's not that easy. Um, one of my favorite stories, there have been a few times in my life where I have heard God, not as an audible voice, but very surely and distinctly knowing that God was speaking. And one of the times was when Sarah, bless her heart, even after she was 18 or 21, she still would ask my permission, even though she didn't need to, because we have a really good relationship and she wanted my blessing, my approval. And she T uh, texted me, she was in Arkansas at the time, that she felt called to go to a certain country. I won't say where, because we have friends there, and I don't want to offend anyone. But for some reason, that country, I was not comfortable with it. It felt very dangerous, and I was not okay. And I put the phone down, I went out in my backyard, and I had it out with God. I had a two-year-old temper tantrum with God. I'm not kidding. I was like, I have let that child do things that nobody else would let their kid do. Are you kidding me? This is, I can't do this. This is too much. I just had it out with God. And when I was done, I very clearly heard, do you trust me with her? And I said, no, but I'm trying. And the answer I heard back was, I can work with them trying. And I came back in the house, picked up the phone and texted, tell me more. And I ended up letting her go. And I have just learned, Sarah feels very distinct calls from God. 
which is fabulous. And I have learned not to stand between her and what God has, wants her to do. And I'm constantly learning to trust. It's not hard. Like, as, as a Christian, I know it's right. As her mom, it's a different story. And it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's not easy. And when she says, I feel called to go so-and-so, and I'll say, is it safe? And she's like, Mom, you've been to Nigeria. You've been to South Sudan. And I say, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so... It's not easy, but, you, you know, you just really have to trust in God and trust that he knows what he's doing. And the best advice I ever got was remember that he loves her more than you do. And when you really hold on to that, it's like, yeah, he does. And if this is what he wants her to do, I have to trust that. Doesn't mean it's easy, but I'm sure. Yeah. 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 So I will say it's it's. Interesting to have this conversation because it almost sounds like we should be interviewing Sarah for <laughs> the podcast, but we're interviewing Donna instead. And so I wanted to clarify that the reason I wanted to interview you is because not only are you a dunker punk, in my <laughs> opinion, but I would say that you also are a creator of a dunker mm. punk. And I think that that's something that we don't oftentimes recognize. You, you get the the person that does the cool thing and they get the credit. Sort of like when you have an mm -hmm. athlete that's really great, but nobody recognizes the coach mm -hmm. very much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but the co without the coach, the athlete right. wasn't going to get to where they were. Right. And so I think it's good to hear the perspective of somebody who goes through that struggle of, I just, I just went with it and, mm -hmm. and it was going to be okay. And then I, I wasn't okay, but I had to decide that I was yeah. Yeah. going to be okay. And, encourage my kid to go and live out her faith and yeah when and when you raise a child to be a strong independent confident believer you have to be ready for the ramifications of that because a strong confident believer is going to want to be a disciple and that could mean here or it could mean anywhere in the world and so it's like I, I often pray, God, make me ready for what I'm praying for, <laughs> because, you know, I want that for all of my children, and it means something different to each of them, but it's a scary thing, and she, yeah, it's it's been an interesting ride with her. She's she's very much her own person, and I try to encourage that. I've, I've taught all of my children that it's okay to question authority, to challenge authority in a respectful way. I've told them it's not okay to say it this way. It is okay to say it this way. And so I think that's helped her to not be afraid. She's preached sermons that she has said to me, they're either going to love it or kick me out. You know, I mean, she, she's very convicted and speaks what she believes is right. And she's not afraid to do that, which is a good thing. But she's ready for, <laughs> for either reaction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will put in the caveat now that we did check with Sarah before this to let yes. her know that we would be talking <laughs> yes, about her, and this won't be like some fun surprise yeah. where <laughs> she finds out on the podcast. I am really interested to see what Sarah does, because Sarah mm -hmm. is a unique individual. Um, if any of you all are friends with Sarah on Facebook, you know that she does fun things. <laughs> and if you're friends with Donna on Facebook, you know she does fun things, too. Um, and so... It is exciting to see what a dunker punk life looks like mm -hmm. for 
for two different generations, and I want to say thank you for your role in helping to make a doctor. It's been my pleasure, you know, and my advice is don't be afraid, you know, like, you know, and even in, in our traveling, when Sarah traveled very young, like I said to her, I don't want you to live your life in fear. There are really, there are very real dangers out there, and I want you to be streetwise, but don't let that keep you from experiencing and and you know when you meet people face to face you can't hate them you know it's 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 so important i feel to get out there and experience different cultures because when you are with these people they become your family and friends and you see things so differently you see the world so differently and you know just don't be afraid don't be afraid to do crazy things cuz that's what that's puts the life in living for me yeah. you know it makes it it makes it exciting and yeah so what I'm hearing is respectfully challenge authority and do crazy things. <laughs> Pretty much. Okay. And wear whatever color you like. And wear whatever <laughs> color you like. All right. Well, on that, I don't think we can do any better than that. Okay. Well, thank you, Donna, for taking the time to chit-chat today, and I look forward to seeing what your next adventure is. Okay. Sounds great. Thank you. Do crazy things. Wear what makes you happy. I also avidly love the color pink, as I've consistently dyed it into my hair for years. I love what Donna says about taking back pink, and Ben touches on Dylan's mention of repressing these things we love when we're young because of gender roles or something sort of frivolously shameful. Donna wears pink because she loves it and it makes her known, sets her apart, even bringing joy to others. It's that sort of outward loudness and yelp or just expression that sets her apart and opens her to others as a safe, friendly person. And what a beautiful capture of the spirit that is, of embodying what it means to be a safe person to come to or to talk to. Uh, I also love Donna's use of the term that she was having a two-year-old temper tantrum with God as her daughter entered uh, an unknown area and I loved it because sometimes that's what prayer looks like Uh, in Psalms 44 verses 9 through 7 it's a prayer and it says but you've saved us from our hateful enemies and you put them to shame we boast about you our God and we are always grateful But now you have rejected us. You don't lead us into battle and we look foolish. You made us retreat and our enemies have taken everything we own. You let us be slaughtered like sheep and you scattered us among the nations. You sold your people for little or nothing and you earned no profit. You made us look foolish to our neighbors. People who live nearby insult us and sneer. Foreigners joke about us and shake their heads. I am embarrassed every day and I blush with shame. In verse 23, he goes on to say, We face death all day for you, and you are like sheep on their way to we are like sheep on their way to be slaughtered. Wake up, do something, Lord. Why are you sleeping? Don't desert us forever. And I just I think it's really nice to be reminded that it's always okay to talk to God, even when you're angry or scared. Um Because he's always there, loving us more than we love each other and ourselves. Um, So it's just nice to be reminded 
of that. It's also nice to be reminded of the brethren spirit, which we see in Donna. So thank you so much, Ben and Donna. here on the Dunker Punks podcast. Uh, We were inspired in the 2014 National Youth Conference, and we've been amplifying the voices and sharing the stories of people who are following their brethren call uh, since 2015. You can be part of the team uh, or show your support by applying for our paid social media manager internship, thanks to Honor Peace and the internships they offer. This episode team for the show includes Jacob Kraus, who edits the show and creates our music, Suzanne Lay, who manages production, and I am your host this episode, Kiana Simonson. Uh, Arlington Church of the Brethren provides server space and sponsors the show. You can find our archives on iTunes or at arlingtoncob.org slash dpp, and you can follow us on social media at Pod. Uh, or shoot us an email at dpp at arlingtoncob.org. Coming up this season will be our 100th episode. So thank you once again for joining us. Peace. <laughs>